You're fucking around. It's Wild Style Radio. Wild Style Radio. Welcome to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. We're broadcasting live from the Salisbury Center Studios on Wild Style Radio. And uh, very, very happy to have joining us in the studio, Sean Perry and the guys from the Four Horsemen. So uh, on our second episode, we had Sean on talking about the show that is actually tonight here from the Salisbury Center. And... uh, I'll kick it over to you, Sean, and let's introduce the, the rest of the band. Uh, Sean Perry, I do the James Hetfield of the band, so I'll rhythm guitar and lead vocals. Luke Kunkel, I play the Kirk Hammett role, so everybody can rip on me later. <laughs> Alec Wolf, I do the bass guitar, Cliff and Jason. Uh, Drew Pencook, drums and uh, covering Lars's stuff. Great. Have it. Not easy stuff to cover. No, no, no. Um, everybody here works on it weekly. Yeah, it's it's a weekly project. I think we we hit on that a little bit last yeah. time in the in the other interview. But yeah, everybody here does the job. And I think what I loved, like in a follow up from the last interview, last time we talked, was your integrity, like the, the really the attention to detail and and the love and the respect for the music that you play and wanting that to be the experience for everybody that comes and shares it with you. Oh yeah, definitely. We we want to bring those albums back to life as close as possible. Obviously, we have our own little flair that we add here and there, but it doesn't take away from the song at all. And everything has to be on point. You know, even even little stops. I I we just had a conversation what, last week or something. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's that one little part there. Could you just kind of? And uh, so we're always looking at it and and reevaluating. And sometimes, you know. They've even corrected me on stuff. And like, to, I'm like, all right, good. I've got the right guys. Yeah. I don't have to worry. So we're all on each other a little bit. For It's all about making it the best we can for the fans. In a funny, fun-loving way, right? Oh, yeah. yeah these guys are right. <laughs> this, so when we talked uh, during the, the first interview we did with you, you were mentioning that you guys were getting ready to kick off a run of shows. And so a couple, couple dates into that. How are things going with the the audiences and and the event, the, the gigs to date? Um, the crowds are growing. It's incredible to see how many people are turning out to these shows now. And we've only been seriously touring since what? Right before you joined, Drew. I think it was uh, 2018 yeah, when you got probably in. Probably four years, three and a half, four years with with Drew and it's lit up from i mean gosh i don't even know how 2018 so eight years no even more than that it's 2007 my math is really good (laughs) 2007 but we really didn't uh, that was a it was a bar band back then we really didn't play much the other guys that were in the band were in multiple projects so we would give it like five to eight shows that first year then it was like maybe 10 shows the next you know so it really wasn't this band this this was a rebirth uh once we got drew everything just kind of went up tenfold and um from there we had offers to go over to europe and start making things happen when the covid thing kiboshed everything and i lost two guys and then these two guys alec and luke just um 
came out of nowhere really um and i do mean nowhere because it's indiana pennsylvania now <laughs> i actually reached out before oh. on christmas and this guy here snubbed me I snowballed him yeah <laughs> um we had a we had a situation guitar player had left abruptly and i had shows on the books two weeks out and my buddy curran uh curran murphy who toured with um annihilator nevermore world-class musician shredder guy he loved metallica loves acdc just like me and he was like i can i can get this done for you if you need it and i'm like i i need it i don't want to cancel these shows sure so at that point i was like all right we got Kern, we're good and he's over here sending hey i'm interested in and i didn't even respond to him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of funny because i thought you know he sent us his uh about what, what was it not even a year later maybe a half year later yes well, six, seven months. Six, seven months like go that. by. Then he came crawling back. You know, <laughs> they always do. Like an ex-girlfriend. At least you responded when he, yeah, when he, he came He was back. like, we broke up six months ago, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, he sent some videos. And you got to tell him the story. Because when he sent the videos, I was like, this guy can play. But I think he's going to kill us. Yeah. It was, I mean, like, seriously, he's going to come here and murder us. So tell him why I thought that. It was pretty ragtag, my setup on how I was doing my audition videos, because I was under the understanding that, well, other guys were sending them in, and he was filtering through. So I was, you know, in a race against the clock. So I'd come home from work, try and cram, learn these solos the right way. I knew most of them, but not the whole way. So I'd cram them. And then it was finally time to film. It was like one in the morning and I'm trying to do it. I had a mic stand with, uh, you know, like this command Velcro strips. So I have that on a mic stand. I'm just filming it with my cell phone. So it's like top down kind of. And I have that on the back. Well, it kept wanting to fall off. So the whole time I'm playing, I'm staring at it, making sure it's not going <laughs> to fall off because it already happened to me like two or three times. And I never even rewatched the video, just held it up like in the heart section. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. You know, I'm sending this over. And he sends after it over. we got buddies, he let me watch it. I, yeah, yeah, I felt bad. I should have just sent him like an MP3 file or something. It was so funny. He sends it over and uh, I go, Drew, we, we, let's go out have a beer i want to talk to you about a couple of guys that send in tapes right and we're sitting there and he's like dude he's got it and i was like but look at those eyes i think he's gonna kill us like, i don't think i want to have this that's guy what they out. went out to dinner for discuss where they were going to relocate and change their names yeah, to. Like, this guy's on to us. something's wrong uh, so was giving like the death glare yeah we were looking camera. at him he's like well maybe he's crazy but he can play and i'm like ah, i don't know if i want to bring this guy in though <laughs> might be our last meal <laughs> so it was funny it was really funny and then um he said he had a friend that um was playing bass and could sing and so we brought Alec out to audition, and his was hilarious too because <laughs> he wasn't really into Metallica like like Drew and I. Wow. You know, he's wow. he's younger, you know, and and he had a lot more varied tastes. And Metallica was one of those things, but he wasn't like a a hardcore guy. So <laughs> we were in practice with these guys one day. We we're talking about Justice for All and Harvester of Sorrow, 
He called a harvester of faith. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we bust up laughing. Drew's like, works. this guy, he's not in Metallica. <laughs> I was like, I was like, he's fired already before he starts. <laughs> so what kind of music were you into? What was some of your influences? I'm really into a lot of old school heavy metal and like classic rock, 70s, 80s stuff. He's maiden, I mean, man. He's a maiden, man. Yeah, anything right. from yeah. like Deep Purple, like classic rock stuff. I played in a lot of cover bands doing a lot of classic stuff and a lot of like old school heavy metal, like Sabotage, Dio, Ingve Malmsteen, yeah. stuff like that. Got the Heaven and Hell t shirt on, so yeah. definitely <laughs> yeah. Dio is the man. Yeah, so it's, uh, it, it all started coming together. And, you know, Drew's probably had the most success out of all of us. Um, I mean, you can tell him your story if you'd like to fill him in on a little bit of your accolades. Uh, I mean, not to talk about it too much, but uh, 2015, I got into doing studio work for TV commercials. And 20, yeah, 2015, I won an Emmy for a TV commercial I played drums on the music for. So at that point, I'm coasting along just with this plush studio career. And I get to call from Sean, you know, for the Four Horsemen. And of course, oh my God, I couldn't turn down playing old school Metallica. <laughs> of course, at first I'm like, oh my God, can I do this? I mean, I know I could do it, but he was playing jazz and yeah, low-key stuff. I grew up on Metallica playing Pantera and all this. I, I mean, I knew I could do it, but I thought about the amount of work it was going to take to really get this stuff yeah. down. And then uh, Sean and I met. I told him, I said, I only want to do it if we're going to take this thing to the hilt, man. Like, yeah, I remember. To, to we be having, busy and yeah. to be... You know, having a beer biggest... discussing taking over the world yeah. it was like it was like a ren and stimpy moment <laughs> you know and he's he's like man if i'm gonna do it we gotta be busy and we gotta take this it's gotta be the biggest in the world man and i'm like i just want to be big in ohio <laughs> let's start there and he's like no i man, had we seen go. the four horsemen like way back when like i have known sean for a long time but he went off did his thing and i went off did my thing we were in a band together a long time ago cover band somewhere and when i uh i went and seen him one time and i his vocals just i was like oh my god like they sounded so close to it it blew me away so i always knew they were really good and so i knew i was going to be in good company i appreciate and, it man. Uh, he was well is like the best drummer in the region around there i've i've never seen somebody so methodical he's always efficient <laughs> he's a humble he's guy he's not going to sit there and toot his own horn i'm an asshole <laughs> and uh, i know what i like so like there's a lot of musicians that don't like me because i know that they're not very good musicians and it's like well look i'm not going to sugarcoat it man practice more don't get on stage and just half-ass it you know then going back to why we do the things we do with sure. this band so everybody here does their homework i don't have to get on anybody's ass you know we we come prepared we do the best we can we're human there might be a flub or two i i screwed up the beginning of one last night somebody ripped me a new asshole on facebook about it like, hey i'm sorry i'm human at least you know it's not on tape <laughs> like very little sampling you know, it's like a couple yeah. notes just went i'm like oh shit that, nobody caught that i'll tell you what playing metallica like you have those Nano, Lars calls them the nanosecond moments. Like if you let your mind drift sure. for two yeah, seconds, yep. a car comes up and you done missed it. Yep. Or you done missed the fill or missed the riff or whatever. <laughs> so it's, it's like that. You kind of have to be in the zone and be well rehearsed on the stuff the if you want to play it. Absolutely. Have it sound authentic. Yeah. So we live it every week. I mean, we're either touring and playing or rehearsing or yep. 
getting the next battle plan together. So every week, I mean, like tonight, we're gonna we're gonna play Dyer's Eve. Cool. Uh, it's been in the set. We're I think we're busting out Fight Fire, Blackened. I mean, these you can't just be like, oh, I got it. I don't right. need to practice right. set this week because right. your speed will start to decrease. Sure, and things will just not sound as good as they could. So it's it's just so much work and i don't know if people understand it like your average concerts uh goer i, I don't know if they understand what we're trying to do and sure. what we have to keep up at so it's nice to have a a conversation outside right. of the shows and yeah. well and you know and advertising yourself as the only album quality metallica tribute band what a bunch will, of assholes will bring out the, <laughs> the critics on yeah. social media when oh they fucked up this part or they did that and uh, i i welcome it it's totally fine you can totally call me out if i fuck up i fuck up everybody's gonna screw up we're live however uh, no one's ever gonna be the album but we will strive to be album quality like I'm, we're gonna give you everything you heard on the album you know it, it it's gonna be as close as humanly possible for us in that moment in time are there mistakes sure i've fallen down on stage before i mean right. not gonna play perfect when you didn't plan on falling right right but you know things happen um but you know these this is the right group you know like for us and, and i do welcome the critics if you want to come out and you want to i always know who they are too so they get they get over there and they're less like right everybody else around is like ah, waiting for just the standing there and i'm like you <laughs> i see you over there we're always ready though because we put the work in like we know it's there you know before yeah. we get on I mean, stage it's well rehearsed we try to get it note for note i mean the solos are spot on i try to get the drums every fill i don't make up the fills i don't right. i mean they're just like the record Dyer's Eve, Battery, all these songs, we even try to play them a little faster than even the record just to put... It's not my fault. He's <laughs> like, dude, we got to do it like Metallica did. You know, it's like eight beats faster live. I'm like, yeah, but they were back, on cocaine. Back yeah. in the day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we try to do that. It's, it's fun, though. It, it, he keeps us on our toes. I think, I think there was one uh, show we did. Uh, was, it, was it Battery? Was it... Uh, one of them we thought it was a fast song and we we're like eh, it wasn't all that fast and he goes oh all right <laughs> and i'm like oh why did you do that now it's going to be like 12 beats faster than that, the that's album. just it if they piss me off i control <laughs> the tempo so i'm like you guys gotta learn about these don't don't open your mouth that was a good speed now we'll never see that speed again <laughs> well and it's certainly challenging right because as advertising, you guys play from black and back. Yes, sir. Where most of that early stuff, the time changes were all over the place, and, and yeah. being able to replicate that. What's well, and that's a great um, thing to bring up about the time change because if you put a metronome to Sanitarium, right? By the time you end that song, that metronome is so slow because it was all just it was free for all. It was freestyle in that studio, and they just gradually speed up. So you'll you'll notice I start that song slow, but we don't end on that. You know, it's yeah. it's just so hard to emulate it. You gotta you gotta feel those tempos. Sure, that's what makes it. You know, it's like a a weekly thing. You get just make sure you're still in that zone. Are we still there? Or did we ruin the tempo? Was it too fast? Was it too slow? Mm -hmm. It is too changing from tempo to tempo. And other than the time signatures on a lot of stuff like Injustice for All, where the time signatures are all over the place, it's capturing the feel of the song too. Like Metallica has a vibe and a feel to it, and we try to get that sway in there it's got a swing and a sway to everything and he calls it the Lars slosh on the on the <laughs> yeah. hi-hats too because there's a certain 
style of you know audio that you'll hear from those hi hats. Are they tight? Are they sloshed out? Are they you know? Wide I studied open? his drumming for a while just to get in his head, and I studied his hi hat hand, his snare hand, and what he does. His kicks are a little behind the beat, you know. It's just to try to really get that heartbeat. And we do. We get a lot of compliments about how people close their eyes and they go back to that moment, you know, and that's what we like to hear. Yeah. 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 And then, you, got- you know, not to exclude either of these guys, they are not slouches. And, I mean, I, this has been the first time in years I've had a bass player that actually plays with their fingers, you know. And, I noticed that during sound check warming up. I'm like, yeah. oh, he, and he does it just it like Cliff. For the Jason stuff as well, he doesn't grab a pick. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's hard because that – he was really tight. It's like an Ellefson versus right. Burton, Megadeth being so tight and precise, and he has to do that for like Black End and all the you know the Jason stuff. So tough capturing the Jason Newstead tone with a pick. So I really got to smack the string to yeah. get that tone to come out. So it's fast and hard at the same time. Yeah, yeah. that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Proper. Hey, Jeff, how's your pucker factor going on this? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff has been puckering all night because of how precise you guys are, and he's worried, getting nervous. I got to open for you guys. Yeah. That's why I'm dressed like this. <laughs> like, like, I like, uh, you know, like, you know, and we were talking a little bit before walking in here. You know, I, I kind of left playing music for a little bit, and I'm coming back to it again. So, you know, like that all of, you know, getting back into it again and yeah. coming into that level of perfection, that being that tight and wanting to get to that place. I'm like, I listen to you guys. I'm like, damn. Uh, you can tell Jeff's being <laughs> quiet. <laughs> right? He's getting a little puggy. Right. Normally, Jeff is not quiet at Half all. Half hour, baby. I got, yeah. I, like, Don't think I'm not yeah. looking at that clock <laughs> and like knowing what's about to happen. It's like, can I have your beer? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good. Don't, don't worry about it, man. Just get up there and, and give it everything you got because that's that's what it's all about. It's, sure. You know, giving it to the fans, letting the fans have a good time and decide what they like. And, um, you know, I think all of us as musicians want that. Right. But, you know, you, you have to work for it. You you are not entitled right. for them to clap. Right. I always keep that in the back of my head. Like it, even if they are standing there with their arms crossed, right. it's my job to make sure they have a good time tonight. Right. You know, our, our job. So you have anything to say there, Magic Fingers? <laughs> no. Believe it or not, for once in my life, I don't have something to say. <laughs> He's a riot. These two get going, and it's just, it's just insane. We laugh our asses off on the road. It helps me when I'm driving just make the time go by. But uh, now, it, like I said, you, you'll you'll get to see it in an hour and a half. Um, we'll. We'll show you what this guy can do too. So even though he's not saying much, I'll let his fingers do the talking tonight. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of uh, the songs you're going to play tonight what each of you what is the the most challenging song that you or the the song that you know you get the most out of it may be hard to to pick a song but uh two i'll pick two that are super challenging for me uh believe it or not trapped under ice is one of the hardest Mm. songs Mm. for me to play uh dyer's eve is up there those are the two to come to mind that are the most challenging trap because it's the stamina of it through the whole song i mean it's just double bass through like keeping the tempo uh and dyers it's just all over the place and fast and it's just a very wicked i describe that song as like hanging on for dear life like if you ever hung on for dear life that's the whole song is like that right you know so me i'd have to say it's probably blackened that song probably took the most time for me to learn because 
I guess an old school rock. I'm not very used to like seven, eight time signatures. That's what it is, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, six, yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on in that. But <laughs> also having small hands. I don't know if Jason had big hands or maybe he had a skinny jazz bass neck. I'm not sure. But just to make the reaches I have to make, to play it perfect, I have to focus while trying to put on a show, right. headbanging as hard as I can, and right. going crazy. And right. That one's probably the most difficult for me to play perfect, I would say. I would be fight fire with fire because I'll forever hate Kirk for writing that solo. <laughs> it's not that really it's crazy what's going on. It's just, it's simple, but it's just over the top fast. It's and then this guy uh, runs away with it. So yeah. I can't just practice to the album at home. I actually have to get on my laptop and speed it up to make sure that I can pull it off live here. <laughs> Yeah, it's a again, challenge again because he said something. <laughs> <laughs> so lesson learned. So yeah. Kirk played this solo. Did he actually write it? Because I know a lot of that stuff. Dave wrote some of the, a lot of the songs. I would guess that one is because uh, it's very much just Kirk Hammett licks. Not I'm not ragging on him because I love his lead plan and stuff. But you can definitely tell as you learn them. You learn about five licks, and you know most of the solos on that album. You know, <laughs> he has like his thing, and he just throws them in different places, or just one little note in there is a little bit different. But he has a very distinct approach, I would say, and I would say that's definitely a Kirk. Kevin's going to bring up Megadeth as much as possible. I don't think there's a bigger Megadeth fan that I know. <laughs> so I, you, I am a Dave fan. <laughs> so. I, think, I like them equally, but yes, yeah. not that you're not a Metallica fan. It's not. No. Yeah, there's no hate there. It's just no. that uh, you're just you're pretty intense about your Megadeth passion. I am. Yeah, Dave is uh, <laughs> yeah. incredible musician and vocalist. I know a lot of people like either hate or love his voice. I love it, and I love like um, one of the hardest songs for me to learn when I was doing the Megadeth tribute was "Architecture of Aggression." Try to sing over that and play it on guitar at the same time. Mm -hmm. This one's going that way, that one's going that way, and they never meet up. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the hardest. I sat there for three weeks straight before I could even lip sync to the album while I was playing the riffs. And um, that's when I really had, I was like, this guy is incredible to be able to play, even think of how to write a melody over top of that. It's like, that guy's incredible. I, I love Dave. I love what he has done nothing but develop and get better and better all through these years what a musician so uh but as far as my two fight fire um is very hard for me i i don't tell a lot of people this but my elbow here is all messed up i have um i ripped the tendon off when i was 14 mm -hmm. and now it's all as you can see it's kind yeah. of all bubbly and whatnot i've yeah. got degeneration of the joint arthritis bone spurs and my doctor, they did surgery on it, didn't do anything. It actually got worse. Mm -hmm. And they said that, uh, you know, it's just, it's just going to keep deteriorating. And at some point, you're just not going to be able to use your arm very much anymore. So songs like um, Disposable Heroes kill my, my elbow because huh. of all the, there's stops. All those little stops you'll see. And like, it's, it kills me to play that song and, and sing that song is, is a tough one. Fight Fire is pretty fast, so that one kind of burns on that one as well. Um, but Dyer's Eve, singing-wise, sure, there's no break. 
Yeah. It's whenever the vocals come in, it's like I'm starting to lose my breath because right. if you don't, you know, as a singer, oh, yeah. Yeah. if you don't control the diaphragm and, and how much air is going out, yeah. you're going to be like, <gasps> <Yep>. <laughs> so yep. that is a really hard song for me to, to keep up on and keep my, my chops up on. So those, those ones definitely hurt just physically for the elbow. And, and, um, as far as the, the vocals are concerned, the dyers is definitely dyers and disposable, I think are the two toughest ones I have to sing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I know we're either way we're live. So like yeah, if we, there's people watching this and they don't have their tickets yet, get them, get you know, the, get out it's here, about to happen. Yeah. get down here. So and like, don't like not really sponsored by twisted tea. This this is not real <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I feel like I'm in Wayne's world. There's, there's nothing that beats live rock and roll. Nothing, nothing. So like, yes. you know, if, if we would attempt to stream this, it's not going to feel like it feels you're down on that floor there's right. just no way to recreate that nothing will come along that ever will as right. far as i'm concerned we were just talking about that the yeah. electricity in the room i have you know everybody here that's watching this right now eating doritos yeah. getting crumbs on their shirt and then they go on they watch queens right from 1989 yeah or whatever band that you can watch anything you want on youtube for free mm. And there's no electricity in it. Mm -hmm. And if right. somebody walks by and interrupts it, you just pause it. And you get into a room like what we're going to do tonight, and there's electricity everywhere. Yep. And that's why I try to tell people, I'm like, look and remember how you feel right now being out seeing your favorite bands. Whatever bands they are, it doesn't yep. have to be us. Just yep. go out, get off the phone, yeah. get off the internet, start living your life yeah. instead of watching someone else on TV. Yep. You know? So I really hope that we start to make this movement where people just start putting the phones down and coming out with yes. their life, have fun. And hopefully just, you know, the thing that really pisses me off at shows is the people that are there and they're like with the camera <laughs> the whole it. time. It's Live, like, yeah, like, come Live. on, man. Yeah. Live in the moment. That's, you know? that's we're educators. Yeah. <laughs> so got to take it slow with them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned last night you guys played in Cleveland, I believe. Yeah, House of Had Blues, a Cleveland. huge crowd. Over a thousand pre-sales sold. I don't know how many walk-ups and whatnot, but it was our biggest one yet. They they officially cap out at thirteen hundred, but if you're in the thirteen hundred that's upstairs back where the bar is, you can't even see the stage. So Wow, that's fantastic. It was nearly a sellout. They were very happy. And yeah. uh, we're going to make an annual show of it. I just got word today back from my live nation agent that uh, he's awesome. like, yeah, let's do yeah. it annually. So okay. Excellent. And then uh, tonight at the Salisbury Center, what, what are some other upcoming dates? Oh, God. So many. Just every, a couple. Every <laughs> next weekend. Couple. Um, for the next eight weeks or something, I think we're booked like every weekend. So let's next see. Weekend's Indiana, next weekend's Indiana, Illinois. Is the Vixen in oh, illinois was at mchenry illinois then we go down to cincinnati ohio at riverfront live oh nice then we're going down to knoxville tennessee uh what is that scruffy city hall or something and then we're down at a brewery yay <laughs> our lady of perpetual hops in new albany which is right above you got Louisville. some tour dates on the screen yeah there you go you got, there so, we go yeah thank right you there, i'm yeah. trying to look at my tiny little phone <laughs> um, scott yeah so if you go to www.fourhorses.me because it's all about me <laughs> dirt um you can check out our dates like they have up on the screen here and you can see i'll be adding more to that actually because we've got some more dates i need i need to put in but 
it's pretty full. It's it's really awesome. It's really full. And so. you guys are on all the other social media channels. No, I will never be on Twitter. Twitter's a pos in my opinion. I I think that's just garbage. So we're on Instagram. I just made a bunch of enemies. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Reverb Nation, but I really don't do much with Reverb. Um, bands in Town, okay. very active yep. on Bands in Town. Uh, it's just I wear all those hats, and I don't have any help, and I'm I don't want to be on all those stupid social medias. Live in the go. real it, world. I think it's a means to an end, and the end is the live show. Yeah, that's it. So go yeah. if you really want to know where we're at, yeah. go to our website and click the tour tab, and there you go. Yeah. Don't worry about me on Facebook and all that crap. So awesome. Well, we're looking forward to the show. Thanks for stopping by, spending a couple minutes with us, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna head out because the show's right. getting ready to start. All right, so, brothers. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Stand up and shout. Rock show on Wild Style Radio.